0: We want to participate in a non-anxious way with life we have to get beyond ourselves. we've got to make it so that it expands and we widen the circle i think we're thankful for the breath we've been given when we say i'm going for something and that's fine but let it be known that the only reason i'm doing this is to have an experience of life and help people in their experience of life It's gotta matter, it's gotta mean something, not only to me, but to to the greater world around me. It has
1: to. The Screen Podcast is owned and made possible by Ethical Marketing Service. If your business is struggling with Google or Facebook ads, maybe you're frustrated figuring it out, or there's a performance issue, Ethical Marketing Service has worked on hundreds of accounts and we can help in this area. We offer a 30-day money-back guarantee and for every direct account we look after, we sponsor a child in a developing nation with food, water and education. If you would like to find out if we can help, it's a free, no salesy consultation call and the link is in the description. Enjoy the episode. Thomas Green here with Ethical Marketing Service. On the episode today we have James Hepner. James, welcome. Thank you
0: and I love your title, Ethical Marketing. I was just on a call where the host queued up what is a true friend and so we're talking about authenticity and how to go about doing things worse so anyway i i think you you're about some good work and i like your topic so fantastic
1: <laughs> thank you very much uh would you like to take a moment and tell the audience a bit about yourself and what you do
0: sure i'll take just a quick quick half a second i am a, a strategist people call me the self-help hacker And it's likely because I can get right to the root of and the base of um, what controls a lot of people, what controls what they want, what they want less of, basically. And so um, I've been doing this for the last, what is it, 12 years now. And um, I'm a ferocious achiever. Achiever, not that's anxious. I'm not anxiously striving. But I think all of life is here for uh, the gain that if we allow it to become it, and i think we have to uh we have to just be aware that um, everything that we participate with is an invitation for us to experience and why have all the anxiety when we can just participate in a non-rushed to non-judgmental non-anxious way i think that's that's uh, that stands out as as paramount for me in my life anyway
1: thank you for that there's a lot to ask you about there um, but you said that you're a ferocious achiever, but without the anxiety. That's an interesting, I don't know, concept. I'd, I'd not mm-hmm. thought about that necessarily, that achievers carry anxiety. Um, did you, were you always that way or did you learn to deal with that? I learned to deal
0: with it. Where I'm at now is, um, so I'll just say it this way. I, I help people to achieve greater gains with less strength. And typically, an anxious achiever is one that the more they want to accomplish, the more they want to achieve, the more anxiety they have and the more strain they have. And so I haven't always been the way that I am now. I'll just say it this way. Now, uh, I'll just take you right back, way back. I um, loved achieving and I found a way to accumulate. So you're going to hear... Achievement accumulation, and it was personal accumulation, wealth and status, and whatever else this this little boy was trying to do, which is which is fine, right? It was fine for the moment. And then I went through a journey. And mean, the journey I checked out of life for two and a half years, and uh, it was during the real estate crisis in 2008. I owned a land development company and a real estate company, and, and basically, I just remember thinking perhaps uh, what I've achieved thus far is a fallacy, and maybe I can't do it all over again, and Not realizing that, you know, you gotta be careful when you make decisions, when you come through a tunnel like that. My decision was, you know, my achiever in me, the achiever. And often achiever stands for, you know, what generates our stress. Achievements are often stress related. That's a lot of people. If you wanna if you wanna put another word for stress, it's just achiever, basically. And so the reason I chose achiever, non-anxious achiever, is I realized that my decision at that time when I exited the tunnel, stating that achievements or being an achiever was taking, or what was the thing that took me into that dark place. That wasn't the thing. I came to the appreciation that we're all wanting to achieve something, but how do we go about achieving and not letting achieving become the bad word how, how do we actually embrace what we're doing? But what is it really that we're after? I think what we're really after is doing things in a non anxious, non stressed, non heavy, non judgmental, non attached way where we're going. Yeah, we're achieving, but we're in flow. You know, we're in flow. We're, we're, we're enjoying the experience. It's a journey. It isn't just a destination. <laughs> actually, what is a destination in life? Right. It's circular. Often we think it's linear. A lin- linear is the lie. Life is circular. So.
1: Well, we were only a few minutes into the episode and I already realized that I might be an anxious achiever. So <laughs> that's, that's something that actually hasn't happened to me. I, I, didn't, I haven't done an episode before where immediately I thought, oh, yeah, I, I think i probably fit that category. Mm-hmm. So for those people who are also in that position, what do you say to them?
0: Mm-hmm. Gosh, you know, all I can say is I get it. I live that. Until, and I'm 46 now, I lived that till I was 30, and I came out of that tunnel at 33. So for 30 years, I lived that way for longer than how I'm currently living. All I'll say is this, there's beauty on the other side. Is it work? It's work, true, it is work to address, why do I achieve, where do I get my value from? Like often what happens is we put these achievements uh, in our path, we set ourselves up to reach for something. And to be totally honest, I think it's for us to validate our worth. And the thing is, why would an achievement ever define our worth? It did for me for 30 years. And then when the market crashed, well, here I was thinking it maybe it wasn't worth a lot. When it was literally an industry thing, it was an economy thing. What did it have to do with me? You know, so trying to validate ourselves through what we've accomplished, what we've accumulated, you know, those are all very interesting, interesting ways. So I think the first thing that I would say is I hear you and I feel you because at the depth of where is peace found? We're not talking about peace where you're sitting somewhere and floating away into the sky. We're not talking about that kind of peace. That's boring peace. We're talking about electrifying peace, like alive in peace. Meaning, you don't need to check out and just go meditate 18 hours a day. You got to come down to earth at some point in time. So, this isn't like the flip opposite, like stop doing what you do and just sit there and do nothing. It's like, wait a minute, how could I do something and move my hands, move my heart, move my brain, and have all this movement draw me to the life giving energy of electrifying peace? You know, coming to the place where Yeah, I want to gain, but how do I want to accomplish that? Or another way of saying it is, how do I want to achieve that? Do I want to achieve gaining more through anxiety? And honestly, all I know for me and my relatedness to this is the more you work towards gaining achievements with anxiety, the less present you are. And when you're not present, you're missing an awful lot. You're not seeing what's directly in front of you. It's really difficult to participate with what's really in front of you. And it's hard not to give meaning that isn't completely biased. Gosh, I get it. Our life experience, we take it in and we evaluate, we we give meaning based on how we interpret the world. I get it. But there is a place, the power of the pause. It's like, I'm achieving, but let's sit back now before I just get hustle, hustle, hustle. Let's take a step back Let's breathe. It's like, wow, we're here. Now I'm going to decide because I'm the owner of my life. I'm going to decide how I'm going to participate with this project. What's the energy I'm going to bring to it? Am I going to bring energy? Listen, I'm going to see if I can make this happen because if I don't, my anxious fear is that I won't have the capacity to handle a worst case scenario. If we're doing that, it's anxious achieving. Rather, looking at it and saying, you know, here's a project directly in front of me. And the truth is, it will reveal evidence of just reality. I mean, you try anything, it's going to spit out evidence. Oftentimes, people don't try things because they're afraid of the evidence it's going to create. That's true. But when we can look at it and say, well, honestly, what what do we think is going to happen? Well, for example, let's say you ask a girl on a date or you start a business. Any variety of option is a possibility. So I always suggest people, people take a pen and paper and write down your worst case scenario, the worst case projection, the worst case outcome you think, write that down, write the best case, write all the in-betweens, then look at it and be like, this is about what could happen. Okay. And then ask yourself, how do I feel about all this? And typically, the feels is what really traps people. They're like, eh, I don't know about this. Maybe I can just take the worst case theory off. Maybe it isn't going to be quite that bad. And then they change it, make it a little lighter. The truth is you want to build a musculature to being able to handle whatever might happen. And when you get to that place, when you do that, just be about that work. And so I guide people on that journey. When you get to that place, invariably what happens, you ask yourself, so what am I going to do now? Now that I've seen what is the possibility, and not just possibility, what's the inevitability? The inevitability is something will happen. It's any one of these things or an assortment of. And then ask yourself, so what am I going to do now? Am I going to just push this aside and not do it? Just pretend it never happened? Or am I just going to participate with what's directly in front of me? Meaning, oh, this is how I create courage and self-respect. If I go towards something and if I trust that I have the inner capacity, though I've never maybe experienced what's going to happen here, If I do this, this is where self-respect, healthy confidence, natural confidence comes to play. And then we can go at it and be like, you know, yeah, this is what I'm going for. This is what I'm working towards in relation to achievements. It's true. But it doesn't have me not be with my family properly or be with my spouse or partner properly. And it it doesn't have me wake up in the morning in a cold sweat. What it has me do is just engage from a peaceful, quiet, energetic, vibrating state. Able to see things in real time because you've already done the work of accepting any case scenario. Because here's the thing. A lot of people, you know, they find me. I have a podcast called Weekly Wins and Losses and also Ferocious Achiever. Weekly Wins and Losses, when we talk about it, how do we properly onboard, not just the wins that we want, But the losses. When you ask yourself the question, where in life has anything that I've ever chosen to focus on worked out exactly the way that I had wanted? The answer is nowhere. That's never happened. It's never exactly the same. So it isn't just a possibility that we might have a perception of losing what we thought was going to happen, it's that inevitability. The reality is, the inevitable truth is something's going to happen and it won't be exactly the way you thought it was. So therefore you got to build the musculature to be able to onboard and handle that because you do have the capacity. And when you handle that capacity, oh my goodness, back to the point that I made earlier, your self respect goes up, your confidence goes up and you realize that all you have need of is inside of you now, not later. It's not out there. It's in you. So it's, it's a personal game. It's an inner work. It's an inner
1: job uh thank you for the answer and um there's a lot of good stuff there uh, immediately what came to mind is as an affirmation from tony robbins it's like all i need is within me now have you got a uh, a tony mm. robbins uh influence at all
0: mm, he's he's one of the people that really supported me in my journey and still does i'll be honest but absolutely absolutely
1: uh, regarding your answer the the way i sort of interpreted it was um, when you get clarity, what it is that you're actually trying to do, you can decide how you go about it. Whereas when you're being an anxious achiever, it's like a default. My default is to be, I don't know, to be worried or concerned about it and keep going until you reach that thing. Whereas if you're purposeful about it, it's sort of a better way to live life. Mm, So that's mm -hmm.
0: fair.
1: Absolutely. I think
0: We have to be so cognizantly aware at what we keep in circulation. Because what we keep in circulation is what actually creates our life experience. And it's how we're going to participate with what's directly in front of us. And when I say what we keep in circulation, what I'm referring to specifically is what you so eloquently said. Like, who we are as a human. Like, what are... Base dry fuel is whatever that ends up being. Oftentimes, we see life through a lens. And if our lens is we need to ensure that we have worth, and how do we do it? We need to achieve more, achieve more. And it's not really enjoyment at that point. It's just, whoo, we just want to make sure the world still needs us. And it's like, wait a minute, how about we get to that real quick? The world needs you and I, whether we bring anything or not. The world needs us. It's true. There's no debating it. When you think about empathy, you think about what can a human being do that a bot can't do? This is the first time you and I have talked. You and I are face to face. You're not anywhere. I'm not anywhere other than here. You're not trying to flee your presence. I'm not trying to flee my presence. Look at the connection that's being created right now. We don't know each other really. This is magical. It's incredible.
1: Well, thank you for that. Uh, I've, I've also never heard that uh, a magical connection on my podcast. So I'm, I'm ticking some boxes at the moment. Mm-hmm. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to know um, how how you came to this. So, um, you know, I've never heard anyone talk about it. Um, and it's quite, I would say, quite introspective. So how did you learn this stuff?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and I think, you know, just going back to what I was mentioning earlier, My journey has served me many a lesson. And one of the things that I think we have to always keep front and center of our lives is the transcendence that we crave. How is it that we're going to go about it? A lot of people go about transcendence through excluding. So they have a bad story. They have a bad experience. They have something they don't like. And the easy thing to do, the the thing that takes no courage to do, just to ax it out of your life or ax that person out of your life or that was horrible and see no value in it, you know, and it's always, I got through life or I got through that relationship because of, in spite of, that's what happens if we transcend through exclusion. It's always in spite of, I crushed it, you know, that darkness, I crushed it never again. Ask yourself, what happens if it's crushing it and it's never again, in spite of talk? You're never going to build the empathy towards being able to relate with other people when they experience that. Why do you think you experience that? It's a gift for you to make safe an emotion. And instead of saying, in spite of, here's the trick, listeners, we have to find a way and do the work so we can finally, authentically, consistently, automatically be like, because of. I got through this because of. Or I am who I am today because of. We've got to find the gift in everything. Because if we do, then we're doing the ultimate transcendence, which is transcendence through inclusion. But that's difficult work. And that's work that typically requires a bit of a guide because the self-sabotaging mechanisms are so intense. Someone needs to walk the journey, a professional. Whether you find myself, find someone else, I don't care find someone to help you through that space. Because here's the thing, we were all created to create. If we tell ourselves the story that, well, I'm not a good creator, see, uh, there's so much anxiety that I have when I create. Oh, wait, wait, let's separate that. It's not creating an anxiety. An anxiety is a choice. Well, let's be honest, what does society model? Society often models, you know, these people who are achievers in the anxious way, you know, what do we see on television? Movies? Like, yeah, just driving it. Of course, they have issues like relation. They're not properly aligned with their families or they're out of touch. You know, we need to create our own narrative about what it means to achieve. It's to create. With what? With with all of the universe. Like, think about the source of wisdom and power and whatever you want to call it. If it's God or universe or earth, whatever that is for you. For me, it's God. But I get, to, I get to stand next to God or source. And I get to co-create with this most amazing power. We were, every one of us which created to create. One thing that I can tell you for absolute fact is this one thing, one single thing that when people talk about, I don't know what my purpose is. I don't want to be non-empathetic and be like, I don't get you. I understand where they're coming from. However, There is one thing that we all have in common. Our purpose is to create and create what? What's on your heart. The uniqueness that you were born with. That's gotta come out. That's gotta come out. And you gotta build a proficient muscle towards having a little funeral towards it didn't go the way I thought it was gonna go. Every, Every time I create something, whether it's a poem, whether it's an article, whether it's a blog or a podcast, I have to do a mini funeral. Like, I have to just sit with, oh, it didn't go exactly the way I thought it was going to go. Can I handle it? Yeah. Did I feel like a bit of crap? Sure. Why is that the bad news? Listen, I'm a humble human being. What does that look like then? Well, that means that I get to be fully human. I don't have to be God. Isn't that incredible? Holy smokes. I don't have to achieve with this anxiety. I get to stand next to the creator of all creators, whatever that is for you, and I get to just participate and play and I get to bring what is that on, that, that I feel like my heart can't let go of, the thing that I yearn and ache towards, I get to bring it. And I, everyone has that. Everyone has something a little bit different than the other person. And that's what they must bring into the world, meaning they must create that in the world. And in order to create, you have to get beyond fearing the evidence that it's going to create. Because the evidence that it's going to create is it likely won't show up and turn out exactly the way you thought. So what's required there? It's not the world needs to do something different. The human who creates it has to ask himself, so what, was this sent to like take me down? No, it's sent to show me that I have the capacity to handle this inner emotion. And of course, I'm gonna get long in the tooth on this one. I'm just gonna make it really quick, but we gotta make emotions safe. We actually crave comforts and discomforts virtually equally i'll tell you a short story the short story of pip pips this guy on the earth loves life he's got the good life he was kind of tired of working hard in life so he chose what he thought would be as close to utopia as possible he wanted all the financial resource he wanted to have friends all these things he joined a gang started selling drugs he had a close tribe his family left him earlier and now he had a family One day, Pip just realized, somebody talked to him about, you know, when you die, like, what do you think is going to happen? He says, I don't know. Truth is, I don't think anybody really knows because when people say they've been there and come back, what does that even mean? I'm not sure. Pip just made a decision. and Pip said, hey, listen, I just got to like, truth is, I have killed some people. I haven't done some really nice things. So I've got to make a decision to kind of make it right or kind of just go to these people and ask for forgiveness or something. I got to do something. One day. He's doing a, you know, he's doing his work and going about business, and all of a sudden there's this firefight going on, and he's like, oh shit! He looks around and goes, oh man, I didn't get a chance to. But he starts running, thinking perhaps I'll just run. So he ducks behind a bush, whatever, and he tails it again, and he gets he gets pegged, and he just feels something momentarily, and it's black. The next moment, he's in another place. He doesn't know where he is, but all that he knows is that there's a person standing beside him, and it looks to be in his mind's eye an angel, and he thinks. Hmm. Very interesting. Crap. I didn't make it right with these people. Crap. I promised myself I was going to, but there is another side. What do I do now? Then he thinks to himself, you know, Pip, you're a pretty smart guy. And this angel is smiling at you. And Pip, remind, you know, just remember that you've been pretty good at manipulating people in the situation, who you are. You've been good at that on the earth. Even though Pip realizes he wants to now try to apologize, he's like, eh, let's see. Maybe if I go for it, because the angel says go for a walk. He goes, if I walk with the angel, maybe he'll, you know, I'll just do this. He says, if we, if we walk up to this golden gate, whatever, and we walk past, I'll be like, hey, just hang on a second, bro. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Let me tell you who I really am. I'm so sorry. And then maybe we'll go back through that gate or whatever it is. <laughs> so. And they start going for a walk, and sure enough, they get close to the city on a hill. It's beautiful. And, and uh, they walk through the gate, not past, but they walk through. And Pip's like, Shit, I made it. And he goes, I think they got wrong who I am. They got the books cooked. I'm not the guy who they think I am. So he looks at the angel and he goes, This is beautiful. And the angel goes, Yeah, this is all for you. And Pip goes, For me? Angel goes, Yeah, it's all for you. As many people here as you can see, one thing I'll tell you is whatever you touch, turns to gold. Whatever you do, you're gonna win. And Pip's like, really? And he goes, yeah, this is ultimate utopia, the angel says. Pip goes, awesome. Pip's like, oh my goodness, one like I didn't ask or tell them who I was earlier, apologize, because he probably would've looked at my books and taken my DNA and seen that I was a different human. Anyway, so the angel goes, so I'll leave you here. You live here for the rest of your life. And here's a little business card or a little card, in case you ever need me, you just call me. Pip puts it in his pocket. And Pip goes into the casinos because he loves gambling and everything he does churns to gold. Literally, he wins everywhere. Blackjack, VLTs, he can't lose. Everything churns to gold. He wins everywhere. And he thinks, oh my goodness, this is incredible. For about two weeks. He lives in this penthouse way at the top, 18th floor. One day his friend calls him. It's like 12 o'clock. His friends says, hey, where are you? You're not downstairs. And Pip goes, yeah, I'm not sure if I'm bored or depressed. Like, we live in between the tension of boredom and depression. But he felt a little bit of both already. Like, I'm bored and depressed. I can't lose if I tried. No risk. There's nothing to really. And his friend says, yeah, the only thing is a new level of winning. They just introduced it. You've got to come down. Pip's like, okay. So he's like, "Nah." does it anyway. Takes the elevator down. Joins his friend. Enter the casino. Oh, my goodness. It is another level of winning. They play the game once, boom, Pip just feels this euphoric, utopic high. It's like incredible, but there's this little seed in there that makes me go, there's something about this that's missing. Something's empty. I don't know what it is, but he just plays it again. Halfway through, he he sees it coming, has enough, takes his hands, pushes the table, and and the chips go flying. Everybody's like, what the hell do you think you're doing? Pip walks outside, reaches in his pocket, wearing the same pair of pants that he wore back then, pulls up the card, calls the angel, angel, and he says to them, Says to the angel, hey, listen, I think there's been a mistake. angel says, oh, what do you mean? Pip goes, I don't think it should be here. The angel goes, where do you think you are? Pip, goes, well, Pip says, well, obviously I'm in heaven. angel says, you're in hell. See, we humans think that utopia is what we want. Bullshit, that's hell. And if we're constantly working towards achievements, Because we think what we absolutely want is for it to turn out exactly the way we thought. Bullshit. That's hell. We want to experience something that makes us realize that we're greater than just having to have it the way we want. Both comfort and discomfort are a gift. And we need to find a way to be grateful for both. Because selective gratitude, that's the ultimate hell. And I'm not talking about changing the facts. I'm not talking about hyperbole. I'm talking about looking at life for all that it is and saying, how is this a gift? How? Not converting a negative to a positive. Because remember, a loss was was never a negative. It was never bad. A loss was just a loss. We give it meaning. we got to get back to giving it proper meaning.
1: Thank you very much for the story. I enjoyed it. (laughs)
0: story time of james
1: (laughs) it it kicked in at the end there i wasn't i wasn't sure i was going to get it but right at the end i was like god yeah and uh, i think it makes a lot of sense so thank you Mm -hmm. i also wanted to pick up on one thing you said uh at the beginning of your answer which was um the all of the struggle that you went through with Mm. um with the 2008 financial crisis um and being a anxious achiever it now means that that is what you can help other people with mm-hmm. and therefore mm-hmm. wasn't a negative thing necessarily because you can help others with it so i just wanted to highlight sure. that that's beautiful um, mm-hmm. you've given a lot of value today so i really appreciate it um the one thing that i ask everyone who comes on is um james what does success mean to you
0: mm. oh my goodness Ooh, what does success mean to me? I'll say it like this the true measure of success, though it's nice to have an experience for myself. But the only reason that I go for anything. The only reason that I want success in any area is so that I can become more. If it's just for my gain, I'm not interested. I give, I give two cares. I could care less. Success means, how is this affecting the greater good? If I achieve something, it's my job, it's my honor to see how it is that maybe what I have achieved is what maybe the world could stand to hear about. Maybe there's specific people, maybe the industry. It's got to be more than me, because I care less about legacy on my life. I don't care that people remember my name at all. Zero. But I'm put on this earth here so that I can make a positive difference, so that I can benefit the earth and humanity. They don't remember me. I could care less. I've been put here for a purpose and for a reason. And everyone who's listening to this show, everyone in the world, that's exactly the same. We've all been put here for a purpose. We must Get beyond that, everything has to be attached to our name. Because that's not the good news. The good news is if you want to participate in a non anxious way with life, we have to get beyond ourselves. We've got to make it so that it expands and we widen the circle. People that work with me, they'll know that if ever, if ever, if ever they show up and it's like, oh, now I've grown enough, I'm done. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Why did you choose to align to me to begin with? Was it all just about you? And now that you have what you want, now you're done? What's the purpose of all of this? Why did you actually do this? So what, you could just calm your nerves and get away from your inner anxiety? You're going to wake up to deeper anxiety someday if you, if you just stop, you know. And the anxiety is, holy smokes, I just did it for me. I don't give a shit about it. That's how we honor how... That's how we're thankful for the breath we've been given. I think we're thankful for the breath we've been given. When we say, I'm going for something, and that's fine, but let it be known that the only reason I'm doing this is to have an experience of life and help people in their experience of life. It's got to matter. It's got to mean something, not only to me, but to to the greater world around me. It has to.
1: Well, um, I think if that's your... Uh, why you're doing what you're doing, um, uh, then I can say in this episode, you have helped me. So um, I very much appreciate uh, all the value that you brought um, and the passion as well. In the prep for the episode, I I did a little bit of research and you got a a fair amount of experience with the old podcast. So it shows. Um, (laughs) You mentioned in the answer that, um, you know, if it was someone was working with you, um, if someone does want to get in touch or perhaps hire you as a coach, where do they go?
0: I think the best thing to do, and this is a a gift that I'll offer each and every one of you, go to jameshepner.com forward slash quiz. And there you can take a quiz where you're going to discover if you're maximizing and also how you're sabotaging your life. So just take some time, honor yourself, have some fun with it. 80 questions, just a multiple choice. You're going to have a great time. You fill it out and you're going to get some results. And that's going to show you exactly and precisely which areas to laser down on. To make all the difference we all want to find that master switch of our life and i kid you not i work with some ferocious very high level decision makers and high level individuals high value high high value i kid you not this quiz this is the one thing that all of my work works around it comes around this one thing and honestly i'll give you a white glove experience so for a limited time you do the quiz um and so uh, perhaps what, what, what your people can do is just mention, you can, they can, you know, just mention your name and I will remember this episode and I'll give them a white glove experience. I'll get on the phone with you I'll help you understand how the results affect your life. And I'll just give you a, a complete no charge. It'll be a short little thing. I can't do this. Uh, you know, like, you know, it'll be 15, 20 minutes, but it's going to be a really intimate, cool experience. And you're going to know exactly which areas to laser down on. If you want to work with me, great. If you don't, it's up to you. And again, um, so that's the quiz. And once you're there, you'll see you have other links. You go under services, you'll see there's one-on-one coaching. There you're going to see exactly how I help my people. So there's, there's two simple links.
1: Well, thank you for that. It's very, uh, very generous. And um, I am glad I met you. And thank you for, uh, for all the value today.
0: No problem. Thank you so much.